Growler Media presents Joe vs. the Minute. Welcome back to Joe vs. the Minute. We made it to another Friday. We have another minute to talk about. This is the podcast analyzing Joe vs. the Volcano, in case you didn't get our clever punny title. In case you are only here to hear my guest talk, let me first say we have missed Jarf this week. Hopefully he will be rejoining us on Monday for more analysis of what he thinks of this movie. He missed quite a week, guys. Mm. <laughs> Truly. He missed the main drain. Oh, goodness. (laughs) I am Tierney Steele, and today I have Andy and Pete back from their multitude of podcasting endeavors. (laughs) (laughs) Hello again. Hello. What a fun week to join you. Oh, what a good week. This minute... This this minute is one of my, like I said, there are some things that have really stuck with me in life since I saw this movie for the first time as a kid. This main drain is one of them. We're talking about minute 21, which starts with Mr. Waturi getting up to follow Joe and ends with Joe saying how long he's worked here as he packs up his belongings. But that's not what this minute is. This is the minute where he opens or closes the main drain. <laughs> <laughs> it's just perfect. It's just perfect. I was just going to say, and it starts off with such a great shot of Watori walking into the room and pointing at him with the arm right into the camera, which is just (laughs) such a great shot. Joe, don't touch that. I I think I had an argument that that should be one of our banner photos somewhere on our social media. You know, they have like the long skinny picture behind. It's like, it's perfectly framed. Right. It is. And what I love about this minute is that, it, you know, we get two of them, right? The first one, he he's pointing with the arm. And the second uh. one, about halfway through, is, he, you know, you blew this job, Joe. And he does it again. It's, it, it, but with his own hand yeah. this time. Yeah, and right, I right. just, I just love it. They're both perfectly framed, like super dramatic Dan Hedaya shots. Oh, yeah. see, I love the Joe, don't touch that. And then when it cuts yeah. back to him... And he's sunken into the corner. He goes, you shouldn't be doing that. How did he not win an award for acting right? in this movie, by the <laughs> way? so great. I mean, I'm just saying supporting actor. I, I'm not claiming he's the star of the film. But my God, is he good in this minute. He is. He's, he's so good. He goes good. from bombastic to terrified back to like, you almost expect him to like straighten his suit jacket a little bit. <laughs> that move. I'm doing that move, but this is a podcast, so that doesn't help. He is so good. But yeah, what I took away as a child was, he's like, do you know how long I've been waiting to do that? And the the way Tom Hanks says, nothing happened. Right. (laughs) I know. Really, like, prepares you for life. The way he's spinning the wheel when he first is turning it, like, there's such glee on his face, such a big smile. He's just like, this is great, I'm doing it. This is what he stormed back to his office to do. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. I love that. Well, first of all, the main drain itself is is such a beautiful like production design choice, right? That it's so big. Like all of us, I I feel like this is a universal experience. But speaking for myself, there's always something that I wonder about the office. Like, what if I pulled the fire alarm that's right by my desk? Like, what if (laughs) I did that that stupid thing? But they make this like a vessel uh, of his curiosity so big it's such a prominent part of his office and the pipe is gigantic did you notice earlier when he walks in with his coffee he not only touches it because it has that giant do not touch sign yeah he like dances his fingers along the top of it (laughs) he loves it yeah like he said he's been wondering about this for a long time 
It makes you feel like four and a half years is how long he's been wanting, yeah, just exactly. as long as he's worked here. You know, there's this this second level to it, which is that as he is spinning the drain, he hasn't yet quit the job, mm-hmm. right? He's still an employee. This is like the final act of rebellion that he does on the job, <laughs> right, right, right in front of his boss before he quits work. And I, there's something about that that I find really satisfying. And he doesn't care what happens. Yeah. Right, opening or right. closing he doesn't know and i also do love that we've established joe was a firefighter so he should know that like this is not go you know he's expecting a gush of water or something right. <laughs> or sewage or something like he is not expecting this to go well the fact that nothing happens i think is the letdown where he's like well i've done everything i came here to do yeah my work Guess is I'll done go home now right. <laughs> right. and he leaves it open like nobody yes! closes the drain or closed right <laughs> like whatever happens like maybe it's something's gonna happen later he's gonna leave and the next day there'll be a gush of sewage in his office oh, God, oh you, yeah. you know as soon as he leaves what fixes it he, yeah right. He'll put it right back to where it was. He, he closes or opens the drain and puts the testicles back on the desk that's those are the two yeah oh, my yeah, Mr. Waturi's like, you shouldn't be touching that. Like, he's yeah. all, like he's yeah. hugging the wall. It's beautiful. He expects something to happen, too. Right, like an explosion of lubricant or something. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot out. I'm not going to name our episode that only because <laughs> I think explosion it would give of people false expectations. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, so good. It's a great minute because this is finally where Joe is kind of, to a certain extent, acknowledging this brain cloud thing. And, you know, he's, he, you know, because he's like, what's what's the matter with you? And he doesn't have a brain cloud. And I love how he always does it like, you know, just his hand, like the thing. It's like half of my brain, half my head sort of thing. And he's like, ah, whatever. You know, he just is so dismissive of it. I do love that he's like, oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm quitting. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, I don't need to stand here and explain this to Mr. Waturi. Right. I have things to do, not in this office. (laughs) Right. You are not worth it, Mr. Wahoo Waturi. I also love that he gets his brown paper bag out of his desk drawer. Like he's been he's been <laughs> like thinking he's about been this for ages. He's just never had the gall to to get his get himself up to it. It's, but it's like right there in his pencil drawer. Yeah. And then we have Reader's Advisory with Joe Banks, mm. which if you're not a librarian, I realize maybe you haven't heard the term Reader's Advisory. That's where you make up a little list of recommended titles, usually based around a subject or reading group. One of the I more love fun parts so of much. program development. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have never. You said that. I was like, oh, God, I missed something incredibly important in this movie. That's not true. But it's nope. great because this particular reader's advisory actually tells the story of the movie and of right. his journey. And it's it is beautiful. It's almost like they put this movie together very carefully. <laughs> it the only thing missing from this minute as a spoiler for your next week is we don't see the lamp. I know. And, and yeah. that that is a little bit of a heartbreaker because don't worry, those listeners, things, we will. <laughs> they, yes, yeah, they the go together. Get to, yeah. yeah, we just don't get to talk about it or right. see it, but that's so yeah, sad. This is Robinson Crusoe, Romeo and Juliet, and the Odyssey. Well, and it's interesting because it's a reader's advisory, but it's also a, a like a, a forecast advisory because then there's also the ukulele that's thrown in there. Yeah. Another little element of, of Joe's kind of passion and his dreams that he's never pursued until starting here. 
everyone at the beginning of this movie was talking about how downtrodden Joe is. This is a man who has a ukulele in his work desk drawer. Yeah. Right. But you know, it's a ukulele in his work desk drawer, right? It's not a ukulele like on his desk or in view, you know? It's a ukulele he had to go, he had to dig up. I get the feeling like he brought the ukulele thinking, you know, maybe four years ago and five months and (laughs) back when he was still optimistic and uh, then he put it in the drawer. Like it's a ukulele he hasn't touched. And that's just, it, it just highlights the sad. Yeah, it's like he's a man who has dreams, but, you know, he's given up on pursuing them. And he, so he'll buy these things and bring them here as symbols of the dreams that he has, but almost as if he's like, I'm going to do that one day. But that one day is never coming. And it's only this instance of this strange diagnosis that kind of pushes him to finally pass that point. Well, not to depress everyone on a Friday, but isn't that 99% of the people walking around on earth (laughs) oh yeah yeah yes the way he says the odyssey uh gave me unrealistic expectations of reading the odyssey (laughs) like it's fine (laughs) it's fine (laughs) such passion though he does have a lot of passion as he says yes i'm just glad he didn't say beowulf (laughs) (laughs) i think of all the people who would have just literary lives ruined by trying to slog through beowulf i've read beowulf Beowulf is a lot shorter than the odyssey that's true (laughs) why does it feel like it takes three times as long (laughs) old english is rough right No, and you know what? I'm biased because I reread the Iliad so many times before I read the Odyssey that to me it was kind of like, okay, but like I've done this and with more to it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so right. That's my, that is my own weird Homer snobbery coming out. <laughs> that's There's funny. There's nothing wrong with the Odyssey. It's a very good story. And clearly one <laughs> that's of Joe's right. favorites. The, apo- the, the, the Odyssey apologist podcast. <laughs> you know what? Let's just do the Odyssey by minute. Come on. <laughs> So he throws the ukulele in and there's a beautiful cut there. I I love the way we get that highlight and the way he says ukulele because it freezes on it in a way that's that's really satisfying. And I wonder as I look at it right after Hadea says, you blew this job for the second time ukulele. and it cuts to ukulele. It's such a subversive response. Like, he, you know, Hadea oh, yeah. keeps pushing. I need you to feel something, you subservient peon. And you feel nothing. All he can say is ukulele. And it's like a hero (laughs) shot on the ukulele. And it's perfect. (laughs) Again, connections that I bet you didn't see coming in an episode of the OC. (laughs) 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 Sandy keeps saying yogalatis. They decide it's a funny word to say because the mom is going to yogalatis. 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 <laughs> they say it like eight times a succession or something to the point where it's one of those, the more you say it, the funnier it gets. And mm-hmm. so the fact that we keep saying ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> ukulele. It's no longer a word that means anything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have to say, I, uh, it's it's great in the way that that uh, Waturi keeps pushing him, yes. trying to say the thing that is going to make Joe react the way that he's expecting him to react. Yeah. Because the other thing that I love is he's like, "Don't come looking for uh, for references from me." <laughs> okay. As if I that's going to mean something, right? And then, okay, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's it's great and so he's 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 doing this his own probing like what can i say that will get through to this guy and it's great and then the whole you blew this job thing it, you're right i mean dan hadea is just i mean he's fantastic in this performance here i love it and this is where he calls him frank directly yeah yeah if you were listening to us reviewing the minute before it started you may have heard a very sharp son of a bitch but <laughs> That's my own cross to bear. Yes, this is Frank (laughs) Waturi. Spoiler alert for listeners, we've already recorded the next week, and I think I might have insisted that it wasn't Frank. So that's going to be a fun, weird time jump. (laughs) Oh, dear. Sorry. I was wrong. I seem to remember, I remember recording a very impassioned argument using shot for shot analytics of why Frank was the other guy. Wow. And he very clearly, very clearly calls him Frank. (laughs) Maybe everybody's named Frank. You know what, Tierney? You're okay. We're all Frank. We're all Frank. I've been, uh, I, I, I have worked in a place with people who have the same name as me. So it is entirely possible. It's, I like that. I like yes. that. Yes. I'm going to stick go with that. that. That just I became canon. That. Well done. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'll let you two know. This episode just became entitled, Let Me Be Frank, <laughs> which I thought of beforehand, but that works perfectly with this conversation. <laughs> Look, sometimes we're wrong in life. And the important thing is that we can admit that. <laughs> Like it's not the it's not the initial wrong thought that is so wrong. It's clinging to that wrong thought in the face of evidence. That's and right. And I'm willing to take the scientific evidence of the fact that Joe clearly calls him Frank <laughs> and say that I was wrong and this is Frank Boturi, who just happens to have the same name as the guy I was sitting out in the <laughs> How many episodes, dare I ask, will people have to listen to you referring to Frank Waturi as not Frank Waturi? To be fair, at most six, because we're going to get out of this office. (laughs) 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 It's not like he's in the rest of the movie. Right. (laughs) Right, right. Right. We're standing on the volcano. Remember Frank, not Frank (laughs) Waturi? Let us call back to those office minutes. Oh, my God. I think we do spoilers for the minute. He takes Patricia's hand and goes... Did I ever tell you I used to work for a man named Frank? (laughs) Instead of the first time I saw you. Right. (laughs) The first time I saw you, I remembered my boss, Frank. We've been on an emotional journey. It has been. Well, we have. It is still it's still green and I just I am so hopeful that you will find a way out of the green vomit light next week. Oh, I'm so sorry You're getting you guys so don't close. get the lamp. I know, we don't, we get, don't the get the lamp. That little bit of warm glow within yeah. this At least we don't get the flickering like the really intense flickering that of oh. the uh, oh. awful neons cuz that's that's almost the worst part of this whole gross office is that moment at the coffee machine when he's that was it I, I don't know if it's yeah. when he looks up at the light or when he looks down at the island of creamer in the cold coffee those are the, <laughs> oh. the most disgusting things for me i know those aren't our minutes but ugh. i can't handle yeah. them at all yeah. so anyhow this is a this is a, a great and important set of minutes for the movie and uh, i'm thrilled that we were able to make this work and that uh, that we could join you to talk about it jarf is gonna listen and be like what the- you didn't ask them about this you didn't talk about this and i'll be like well you weren't there. <laughs> we talked and it felt right to me. 
And it's funny, I had said before we started, when we were going over, like, okay, this is how our podcasts work. And I told Andy and Pete, I said, on Friday, I'm going to ask you what your favorite fairy tale is. And you know what? I bet that's something we came up with in between. But you know what, dear listeners? I have pulled back the curtain. You have seen The Wizard of Oz. And it is that these episodes are recording out of order. So I'm going to ask you guys anyway. (laughs) What we usually do now, in present day, as we're releasing, (laughs) is ask our guests on Friday their favorite fairy tale and Jarv calls it Fairy Tale Friday, which I appreciated the alliteration of. I don't think we've been doing that yet, but you know what? You guys can be the first. (laughs) We are the first. (laughs) To be put on the spot and ask, and it doesn't have to be a movie, you know, kind of, is there a story that you gravitate towards that has always kind of like clicked for you? You know, that's a that's a really good question. I mean, if I were talking specifically of films, I would probably say The Princess Bride. Yep. And I would probably say yep. Into the Woods because of what it's doing as far as subverting fairy tales. Mm. But I will say when I had my first child, I bought this beautiful, beautiful book of uh, kind of illustrated Grimm's Brothers fairy tales. And reading through those fairy tales with the kids really made me realize just how horrible and grotesque they can be. <laughs> But I had such a great time reading them. I, it's just like these are, they're really just visceral, horrifying stories. And I, I loved reading them. And weirdly, I would kind of say, and maybe this is because I ended up buying this other version of this particular fairy tale to read to my daughter. It was just all illustrations, no words. And you just kind of look at the images. But it was of Little Red Riding Hood. It was so terrifying to my young daughter that she had nightmares and I couldn't even finish reading the book with her because just the the illustrations just horrified her so much. I think it's a really interesting fairy tale, though. I just I love the whole idea and the way that it kind of unfolds. So um, so there's there's a variety for me. I you know, when I uh, again, when my kids were young, I we explored the classic fairy tales and then stumbled on a couple that of, of more modern stories that I, I really liked. Stardust, Neil Gaiman Stardust is, is was one of our, our very favorites that we uh, read a number of times around here when my kids were young and and uh, I think Inkart is another one that, that that you know I'm I'm calling a fairy tale it's an adventure novel but the the story within I think is one that we read like a fairy tale right like a, a simple story told to you know tell complex problems so you know and teach complex lessons and and hard life lessons and so those are two that I think we we really enjoyed and uh, and Stardust is one that I think the the movie actually did a, a fine job of kind of telling the story, not quite as raw as Gaiman's book, but uh, uh, he's just such an exceptional writer and we really Yeah, really those are hard it. to translate to film. Yeah. It's a very patchy record. <laughs> yeah, right. But, but you know, I mean, just in, in that sort of the, the style of English fantasy, like I just, we, we really connected with it around here, so. Yeah, Stardust is a great one. Yeah. But I've only, I've only seen the movie. I haven't read the book. Mm, it's great. And it was published by DC Comics. Like, that's something. Mm. It's a DC movie that made that actually was okay what do you think about that (laughs) i was trying to think i'm like what do i read to my kid i was like is clifford a fairy tale no (laughs) (laughs) i am deep in the rereading brown bear brown bear what do you see like over and over again i have it memorized (laughs) you know there's a there's a big transition when you move from brown bear brown bear what do you see to we're going on a bear hunt 
<laughs> that was a that was a fun a fun hurdle to cross over. Yeah, I'm trying to think. The minute you said Princess Bride, I was like, oh, I should be answering Star Wars every time we ask this question because Star Wars is the same thing where it truly is a fairy tale just within this other genre. Yeah, right. Yeah, right, right. Which obviously doing this podcast is kind of my jam. So yeah. <laughs> that shouldn't surprise anyone. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for being on this week and for putting up with me navigating this awkward solo hosting. (laughs) You did great. What are you kidding? It was great. You're a pro. It was a lot of fun. I'm so glad that we got to join you to chat about this movie. And I'm glad we got a little bit of Wahoo Waturi in here, which was (laughs) fantastic. I am not arguing that with you. Where's my friend? Put him on Cleveland's uniform. This is so much clearly better. So one more time, because we are closing out our week, where can people find you? If this has just been a small taste, you say, I got to hear more of these guys. Yeah, uh, just head over to thenextreel.com. You can find our podcast, The Next Reel. You can find the the Marvel Movie Minute. The whole entirety of Iron Man has been broken down minute by minute. You can check that out. And we've got a few other podcasts on there too, uh, under The Next Reel banner, like The Film Board, uh, where we look at a movie each month that's just come out in theaters and we talk about it and spoil it. And uh, uh, the trailer Rewind, where we talk about a movie that we've talked about the trailer of. And uh, so there's a variety of different show options on there for you. So uh, just head over to thenextreel.com or search for The Next Reel in your podcatcher of choice or on any of your social media and you can track us down and you can tune in. That Andy, he's a he's a plug pro. <laughs> <laughs> Plug Pro Andy, that's what they call it. PlugProAndy.com. <laughs> and now you have to buy it. Hashtag, yeah, right. Speaking of buying websites that glorify yourself, I am OneSteelSister.com. That's how you'll find me on social media, and that's where you'll find links to my podcast shows, my podcast productions, my podcast guest appearances. I also write on the side, I have no life, basically. <laughs> And then I go to work and I try not to be too much of a Joe. My boss would appre- my boss appreciates it, I'm sure. If you're looking for Joe versus the Minute specifically, we're on social media at Joe versus Minute. And we have a Facebook group, Joe versus the Minute Listeners Luggage Raft, which is where we talk to listeners of the show, other fans of the movie. I'm sure this weekend you'll be seeing a lot from Jarf. <laughs> having comments and things that we just didn't pick up on the same way he did. That will be his place to say it. If there's something you wanted to talk about that you feel like we missed, that's the place for you to talk about it. And soon we'll be talking about all our favorite fairy tales there as well. (laughs) I feel like we're living in the future. (laughs) We are. It's very weird. I don't like recording out of order (laughs) at all. I like talking to you guys. It was certainly well worth it. I just feel very weird now knowing that I'm going to have to edit those episodes where I'm very passionately like, his name could be anything. (laughs) That happened. That will happen. Enjoy the time work, folks. (laughs) Now I don't know. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler.